It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, listeners. First off, we want to thank you for joining us on the Wonder Friends podcast. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Wonder Friends Pod or on Facebook under the Wonder Friends Podcast. Our opening and closing theme music is produced by our friend and collaborator at The Rap Nerd, D-A-R-A-P-N-E-R-D. So please follow him on Instagram as well. And with that said, let's get into the episode. Play that music. Hello, and welcome back, listeners, to the Wonder Friends podcast. And if this is your first time, then welcome. I'm Frederick. And, and this is, I'm Rustin. And we are two relatively old guys talking about relatively old movies, specifically the Marvel MCU. And even more specifically, today we're doing Avengers Infinity War. Um, right off the bat, we, uh, how are you feeling, Rustin? Uh, sorry about that. I jumped the gun on my name. Um, oh, you're good. To be honest, Infinity War I liked better than Endgame. Between the two movies, it was just more fun. Had a lot more action in it, a lot more sequences that just I don't know were a little bit more engaging to me. What yeah. do you What do you feel like between the two? What What are your thoughts on them? I know it's just like we're talking about Infinity War today, but I feel like we do need to like kind of compare the two. Yes. And the fact that when they were originally announced, they were Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity War Part Mm -hmm. 2. And um, I can kind of see how that would make sense because both movies were essentially a race for the stones. Um, But I think between the two, um, much like Winter Soldier and Civil War, uh, I enjoyed Endgame more because there was Mm -hmm. just more fun. And that's where I would disagree with you. I think Endgame had way more fun infinity war was just a better story that moved from beat to beat there was never a um, a wasted moment in infinity war um i can, I, I can see where had to serve from. as a closing chapter yeah i can see where you're coming from and when okay so one thing that you know listeners you need to understand about me is like i'm a big action junkie so when there's like a lot of fighting like superpowers yeah. getting thrown around like i really really eat that up like like it's candy so in terms of like the two movies endgame does have kind of a slower start in that regard i mean i know you get it takes about an hour to get going exactly now i will say like towards the end of the movie fantastic but infinity war i think just like pacing wise has like a good good pacing in terms of like fights and just action sequences in general Yes. And I and did it, I did like the story better there. And it was the 
first Marvel movie that kind of felt like Star Wars to me in the sense that, uh, and like I've, I've said this before, I'm, I'm a late bloomer with the Star Wars, but on Infinity War, it was very much one moment, one moment we're here. And then we get mm-hmm. a, you know, we get a um, title card that says, oh, now we are here on the other side of the galaxy. And we're with completely different characters and we're following essentially a completely different story. Um, and I think that's one of the things that works for this movie is it is effectively like three to four different movies all happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think it does it very well, man. They do such a good job of it. it that's a hard um, thing to pull off. Just coming from like, you know, a writing perspective, making yes. sure these all like jump to like, say, you know, you have, you know, Tony Stark here on earth and then it jumps to, Thanos on the ship and like jumps back to Guardians of the Galaxy picking up Thor like making sure you're doing those jumps at just the right moment that's very Mm -hmm. very hard to pull off I do feel like it's very seamless seamless in Infinity War like you don't really pick up on it and I oh the other thing that I really liked and I thought was super awesome is how you have like these established characters like, uh, for mm. instance, let's, let's take Guardians of the Galaxy and Tony Stark. Tony Stark's been there yes. since the beginning. Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously, it's still been there since the beginning, but in terms of, like, MCU, they were, like, later. But you see them, like, actually meeting each other, which is, like, I don't know. I just, like, I like seeing, like, all these different components. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to label them components right now because that's yes. what they feel like to me. Like, uh, okay. meeting up with each other. Wait, and so it's, one it's of the cool. it's cool to see one of the first because when you think about well this is going to be the movie where a lot of characters meet each other yep, uh, yep. One, one of the meetings that i always imagined was going to be important to happen was star lord meeting tony stark and i always wondered how that meeting would go because they're from two completely different worlds they think about problems mm-hmm. in a completely different way although essentially they're both leaders of their team or, or play leadership roles. Um, were there any meetings in this movie that did not go the way that you thought they were going to go? Huh, that's a good question. Holy crap. Um, I would say, I would say no, because they, they were all just really well done. To be honest, I didn't really yeah. think about it very much. There's so many like funny moments that we get with these like different characters meeting each other. Like yes. take Bruce Banner and T'Challa, for instance. Like <laughs> you know, you we know, Rhodey like yeah, Rhodey basically like convinces him that you bow to him because he's a king. Yeah, so you get you can, you can, you like know. you can create these scenarios that just yes. are funny. And then of course you get like Star Lord meeting Tony Stark. And that's that's a lot of humor, a lot of joking in that situation as well. Although it does leave and it's like almost, a plot hole. Yeah, I hate that plot hole. But it, yeah, it, 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 it's that particular one, and I apologize for throwing such an open-ended question out because I, I literally thought of it as I was saying it. Um, the, but I think particularly between Tony Stark and Peter Quill, Star-Lord, that was one that I wasn't sure how it was going to play out because Tony Stark is always the smartest guy in the room. And uh, oftentimes Peter is 
kind of the buffoon. And um, so to see them interact, it was almost like, you know how this is going to go, but then it doesn't really go the way you think it's going to go. But also like Spider-Man's there on the side, who's kind of filling in Mm -hmm. whatever spaces between Tony and Star-Lord where he can like Footloose. Is that still the greatest movie on earth? Never was. (laughs) But it's like without Peter there to act as that buffer, it's almost like, um, I don't know. I don't know. That was an interesting one for me. Yeah, Um, it was. And there's, I think in some regards, I mean, yeah, the initial meeting might not have gone exactly as you planned, but there's some parts where I think that it went exactly like a meeting between Peter Quill and Tony Stark would have went. Like when Tony well, think, like creates oh, his plan and Peter is just like, <laughs> that plan sucks, I have a better plan. Like, we're going to go yeah. with my plan. Like, I feel like that was definitely something that would happen between Tony Stark and Peter Quill. And I think the strength of it and it's probably the writing, it's probably the actors knowing their characters, it's probably mm. all of that, is that every character is authentic to who they are um, yeah. in any context, right? Yeah. Peter is the same guy in every movie, whether he's grown or whether he's you know experienced mm-hmm. a loss here, he's still essentially the same guy and he's written exactly the same as he would be written anywhere. I think even James Gunn was, came in as a consultant for all the scenes that had the Guardians of the Galaxy there, which, I mean, that's a dope idea that clearly paid off. That's something that you brought up that that I actually think is really, really important to the success of these movies is that each actor not only, you know, knows the lines or whatever, like they know that character inside and out. Yes. And like just know how that character would act in like certain situations. I think that is... You can just see that, man. Especially with yeah. like certain people, like Chris Chris Pratt in uh, Star Lord. I think he just knows how that character is gonna <laughs> react for sure. And anytime, um, I, like, I, and I think about like when you look at the overall arc of a character. Like, I know, and I think you might be one of these people, but say like the arc of Bruce Banner throughout the mm-hmm. entire movies. Whereas, like, you know, most people want Hulk to be the Raging Hulk, the the enormous yes. green rage monster. <laughs> I am um, one of those people. I do believe that the arc of Hulk, the story that he goes through, makes 100% sense to me. In the, in the sense that we can, um, you know, suspend our yeah. disbelief and just accept what's happening. Every step of his evolution makes sense to me. And I feel like if you really look at any character in this tapestry of of you know on this ensemble every character kind of has that specific attention that you get bit by bit and a lot of those we don't really get to see mm-hmm. play out until like the disney plus shows where you look at yeah. hawkeye in that show yeah. and you go well is hawkeye really hawkeye because he's talked more in this first episode than he has through the entire run of movies and then you go back and watch the movies yeah. like no he's he's hawkeye the entire time and every step that he makes, every <laughs> I was gonna go into a sting song. Um, he, you see his progression, and it makes sense, right? Um, and I think, man, this is this is I think essentially this is one of the first movies where it would behoove you to see the rest of the movies that precede this one, right? Marvel oh, kind of has this, 
they have this tendency to be like, well, if you've never seen anything, you can just watch Ant-Man and it's fine. Maybe we'll reference some things, but you'll be yeah. able to watch the movie on its own. Um, I think the idea that there's still fans who pick and choose which Marvel property thing they're going to go watch is beyond me. But yeah, well, see, here's this the is thing. one of the first ones. Good. Oh, if, I I ever, if, I, if I ever run for president and actually get elected, it's going to be a crime to watch Infinity War without watching any of the other movies first. <laughs> Literal jail time. I will put you in prison, Supermax, Federal Max, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You're going to prison. Send them to the raft. That's a that jail is that's submerged in the ocean. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, and I think one of the first times, I think the first Avengers came out, I had like a in-law, a family member, something say, oh, I need to go watch Avengers. To which I was like, have you seen Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America? He was yeah. like, no, I haven't seen any of those. I said, I'm sorry to do this to you, but you need to watch five more movies before you enjoy the Avengers. And exactly. I, exactly. I didn't see her for years when I did. She said, thank you for telling me that because she watched all of them right? and she loves all of them. And right. that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And that's what you need to do. It's not, you need to do it. Yes. And if you get to Endgame and you haven't seen 20 movies by this point, then you're, I'm sorry. You Just should turn stop it off. watching. Don't even, yeah, don't even and, start and it. Go back and rearrange your month. Have, have <laughs> yourself... I would actually envy that person to be able to watch all those movies oh for the God. first I'm time. So oh my God. I would, yeah, I would be so envious of that. I'm even envious when I talked to my brother and he was like, I haven't finished Ms. Marvel yet. I've only seen the first episode. I'm like, Oh, you lucky bastard. You get to sit down and watch five episodes on Oh, you bastard. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I call my brother a bastard. Uh, okay. So all this being said, um, you want to jump into some quick plot synopsis of this movie, and then we can jump in and, and comment yeah. on it, however. Yeah, let's okay. do it. So this is the third movie written by, well, from the quartet of written by Marcus mm -hmm. and McFeely and directed by the Russo brothers. Chapter three in their run. Um, opening scene, we start on the ship. It's pretty much um, picking up where Ragnarok left off. Mm -hmm. Hello? a distress signal goes out and um, we basically get to the ship. All the Asgardians are down. Uh, Heimdall is down. We know where we are and clearly something bad has happened. Um, we get Loki who gets to utter the line. We have a Hulk. Hulk oh, comes out, does so his thing good. for a minute. So good to finally get that guy. I'm telling you, when bad guys turn around, mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite things. Oh, dude, um, I know. It's it's become such a trope, but yeah. like I tell people, like tropes are tropes for a reason. It's yes. because it's cool, man. Darth Vader so cool. made it cool. I think he was yeah, probably the first one that was Wasn't bad it? and turned turned good. Actually, it was good, then bad and good again. Yeah. It's very wishy washy. It's 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 human, I think. Yeah. So um, Hulk does his thing, oh, but Thanos that was is better. Very and profound. it was great to see for the first time somebody the same size as the Hulk, probably the same strength level, but with the fighting precision of like, bro, you're not going hand to hand with this guy with your mm -hmm. uncontrolled rage. Um, 
and it was it was a sad scene to watch the hulk get his ass handed to him but at the same time you're establishing the bad guy who's been in the background since the first avengers yeah so yeah he's got to come with it and he's got to take out your biggest gun immediately which and without any kind of any kind of struggle yeah yeah i i agree with that i agree with that that's definitely something that needs to be seen by the audience to know just where thanos is at power yes. level like fighting level like anything level really yes did and i like without him? any stones yeah that's just Actually, I think hand yeah. to hand yeah like well he had it? the stones but, but there was no use, use of the stones yeah. in that yeah, exactly now did i like this you know purple a-hole like taking out my personal favorite avenger so easily no, no i did not i did not no. like that at all no i, I was I like anybody oh, like that. man I was like, Hulk could have put up a better fight. Like, why you why you gotta do him like that? And the thing that it was sucks so sad got... too, man. It was so sad because he was like so like did not want any part of that shit anymore. Yes. <laughs> like the rest of the movie. No more. And what he was, was like, I'm done. What's heartbreaking about watching it is you would see Hulk's facial expressions throughout the yeah. fight when he yeah. realizes, oh sh- strength is not gonna help here. Um, and then when he gets yeah. hit a couple of times, and, whoa, that really hurt. And then you just kind of see him oh, mentally losing the fight. Oh, it's like, this is heartbreaking. What, what a way to start this, right? Oh, then we get uh, the first on-screen death. Um, of course, the 80s kid and me got mad that it was the black dude. But Heimdall, um, in his last moment, kind of oh, sends no, Hulk sad. away. Right. If this is yeah. our only sh- shot at beating this, mm-hmm. Heimdall sends him to Earth, to which he is stabbed in the heart. Um, that will come back later. And uh, Loki then does the most non-Loki thing can do, which is go straight up to the bad guy's face and try to stab mm-hmm. him in the face. Now, as I saw that happening, my mind was going, that's not the real Loki. Not because I didn't want it to be, but because logically that is not a thing Loki ever does. Yeah. He never goes to your face and attacks you in the face. He stands there, makes you think he's standing there, and then he stabs you in the back. So mm-hmm. to me, for a good, I mean, until we got confirmation confirmation in later projects, I was like, yeah. Loki's not dead. He's faked his death too many times. And that was the most non-Loki way of going about it. But it was you know an, an effective scene nonetheless. Here, here's my theory on that. And I think, I don't know if it actually is like, has got any way. I don't know if anyone else has like really talked about that. I think the reason why he does that is because he knows Thanos isn't stupid enough to fall for any of this like illusion magic. Okay. Like, I think he knows Thanos won't fall for that crap. So he's got to like, he's got to put himself in like 100% this time. Do you think any That's part my of it? Any part of it has to do with the fact that uh, he's turned a new leaf and now he's not oh, yeah. playing yeah, the mischievous. Sure. Uh, yeah. He's almost like humble. He's like, he, he kind of thinks of himself as a hero now mm-hmm. after the events of Ragnarok, um, which, which makes sense. Again, yeah. Uh, like you said, man, seeing like a, you know, a villain character like turn good, especially the way Loki yes. did. Yes. I think Loki was probably the most effective. Yes. In, in the entire MCU. And just 
I don't know. I think 100%, like, when he was sacrificing himself, he, he was, like, legitimately, he he was like, I, I want to save these people, like, especially my brother. Yeah. I think that's, like, just where his mind was at. And uh, it, it made his, his death, and it was a slow, like, oh, yeah. his face is turning purple. You can hear bones cracking. His legs are kicking. It was an awful thing to watch. Um, that kind was of felt bad that for was. any kids in the theater because, like, this is dark. Um, so then Loki dies. Thor is kind of forced to watch all of this mm-hmm. crap, and then we reveal that Thanos has already got one of the stones, and then he gets this one. So mm-hmm. in the opening sequence, we are two stones down. Um, yeah. yeah. So then we jump to the Sanctum Sanctorum, and. Uh, we see that the uh, Bifrost has kind of, um, well, first we see Strange and Wong having mm-hmm. this very trivial argument about getting lunch. Um, then the Bifrost kind of smashes through the roof. Hulk smashes through down into the stairs in the basement. Thanos is coming. <laughs> Avengers Affinity War yeah. title card. Um, uh, that, was a, that was good. That was good. And I think that was, I think I've seen like that was like almost taken directly from a comic book cell. Was oh, nice. him crashing through the staircase of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yes, which is cool. Um, I always like seeing those details like thrown in. Yeah, I um, I I, I wouldn't know. I mean, there are certain things I'm like, oh yes, I definitely have that comic, and I remember that shot coming from a specific mm-hmm. thing. But there, there, lots of those things go past and I uh, unnoticed for me. Um. So we jump to Central Park, which usually when you're in Central Park, and I don't, I mean, are we in Central Park at this point? Maybe, but it didn't look like it. It kind of looked like we were faking uh, the park for it, maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was either way. It looks story wise. Like, it <laughs> it kind of looks like the edges of Central Park near like where yeah. the streets are, maybe. Okay. Possibly, I don't know. I have no idea because I don't know New York City at all. Yeah, I've been. I know that's a place there. Yeah, and it's huge. Anyways, this is probably not important, but so (laughs) Tony Pepper are in the park. They're talking about dreams and they're talking about kids, Mm -hmm. and they're interrupted by Doctor Strange, who has a surprise guest, Bruce Banner, with him. Um, We go from there back to the Sanctorum where Tony's kind of getting caught up. Uh, We see that Tony has friction with yet another Steve. He doesn't like Steve. Um, he and Stephen Strange kind of butting heads. Yeah. Um, in a very, uh, I, I guess, a telling kind of way. This is going to head somewhere. These two guys who are very, uh, mm-hmm. they're very arrogant in, in what they yeah. do. And, and rightfully so. Um, oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Have- and that's, that's caused a lot of trouble for, I think, both Steve, Stephen Strange and Tony Stark. Obviously. And Tony Stark. Um, we had, uh, we, we, you know, Tony gets caught up. We learned of the importance of the infinity stones. Uh, we realized that mm-hmm. vision's got one in his head. Uh, Tony knows somebody who might know where vision is Steve Rogers, but banner doesn't know about civil war. And, and we got to tell him that yeah. you know, the band broke up essentially. Two years. Um, from there we go outside where the giant donut chip wait, wait, is wait. kind of, uh, oh, <laughs> one thing that, that I kind of want to address only because it's so pivotal to Bruce Banner 
is the mm-hmm. fact that there's like an ice cream flavor named after the Hulk. This yeah. this this other version of himself that he thought was just like everybody hated. Like oh, everybody was just interesting. So I don't know. I feel like that is like such a small thing, but it tells Bruce Banner like, hey, maybe everyone doesn't actually hate me. Whoa. Or the whole never they even, actually like oh i never even thought of that See, and that's that's, so cool. that's what i'm saying like i like small details that have huge meaning yeah like you might not think about it it might go right over your head but yes this guy was like wrestling with his literal demons self yes. like this rage monster that hurt a lot of people and he thought i mean that's why he left to begin yep. with and got stuck on the car for two years and he comes back and like not only people do people not hate him like he's got a freaking ice cream flavor yeah like name after you and yeah, it's like i was like ah, and that's, i was like oh, dude, that felt that, good i guess i and i never thought about that because to me that scene was always tony getting caught up with what's going on but also yeah. yeah that that makes perfect sense is that banner's been gone for two years not only off planet but mm-hmm. in existence he's been the hulk for the past two years so the amount of things that he missed he said there's a Spider-Man and an Ant-Man. That's yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> the Avengers broke up. Wait, there's a Hulk flavored ice cream? Like like mainstream meat. Like it was a junk hunk of Yeah, it was I feel like burning fudge. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and then there was a stark raving something. Hazelnut. So yeah, I bet I think that's the one I would like. Um so we get, uh, you know, Banner's caught up in, in the universe. Tony's caught up in the story. Now mm-hmm. we've got uh, the big ship outside. And I always love when mm-hmm. things are going down in New York. It just has a cool vibe. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, we get, uh, we get Ebony Maw. It's Thanos' uh, magician guy, wizardry guy. And he's not uh, telekinetic, bro. Is telekinetic. I believe he, yeah, I believe he's telekinetic. Just okay. like I'm I was just basing off of uh, Tony's words of he's a wizard, he's from space, he's here for a necklace. Or no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 he's from space, he's here to steal a necklace from a wizard. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, and, and I'm not with, good with the name, so I'll just say Thanos is telekinetic, is giving the same speech that he was giving all throughout that terrifying opening sequence. Yeah. But this time they're not running stuff. Their audience is the very arrogant Stephen mm-hmm. Strange and a very arrogant Tony Stark. And his speech is kind of falling on deaf ears, which is great. Um, I'm sorry, Earth is closed today. He calls them Squidward. Oh, dear. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because I think out of every line in the MCU, and we, we've been over lines there. There's so many great mm-hmm. lines. But I think that one is just, I think that one's got to be my top favorite, my absolute top favorite. <laughs> it's such a smart ass remark to make but it's yeah. so freaking hilarious like, and it's almost sorry earth is closed today yeah it's in the vein like of i don't we i don't want to deal with this shit right now you know what yeah. i mean like <laughs> i have other stuff going on this is not um but it was a great scene it was great banter you get to see um, yes kind of yes. how Stephen strange and tony could be on the same side but still not like when uh mm-hmm. when the thanos telekinetic asked strange does he speak for you he was like no i speak for myself and then he 
you know he doesn't back down either he's yeah. not uh, he's not accepting what tony's saying but also no i don't care what this guy says i speak for myself yep. and you need to get the hell out of here um so of course that scene gets awesome we jump into our first like real action scene um where tony and strange team up yeah. and fight these two guys then spider-man comes from his field trip um and just kind of shows up and and again the quick breakdown of he's from space he's here to steal a necklace from a wizard that's basically all peter needs um and, and he then, yeah the way spider-man stopped that giant claw thing just dead I, that just shows you how strong this dude is he is strong like he is yeah very strong yeah well he says he can catch a bus he said oh, he that can in, do uh, so much more than that dude oh yeah well he did like hold the staten island, ferry to, staten island ferry to go yeah yeah i know um i think i watched i watched an actual video breakdown of like each spider-man's like demonstrated like strength and to yeah. see like about how much they could actually lift and mm. tom holland with the with the ferry scene that was like the uh the yeah the strongest oh wow i mean toby did stop a train with his back yeah they that's the one that's the one they used but like holding holding the the forces of the two halves of the the ferry i believe if i remember correctly i could be wrong actually no, that makes sense I, to me bro i think i think he ended up being the strongest one that's cool and there is also the water element to it as well um mm -hmm. so let's see so he's by the end of that strong scene, he's ridiculously strong yeah by the end of that, we get uh, Doctor Strange has been abducted. Um, mm -hmm. We get Peter and Tony are both stowaways on this giant donut ship. Um, and then we've got the, you know, Wong and Banner kind of left as far as like, well, what are you going to do? There's no one at the Sanctum, so I got to go guard it. And then Banner calls, uh, we assume he's going to call Cap. Um, then we jump yeah. to the Benatar with rubber band man so we know as this music's coming in we know who we're going to see it's the guardians <laughs> of the galaxy and yeah gamora is singing the words to the song so you see that there's been some growth there you yeah see that everybody's just kind of uh you know different versions but kind of the same people um and they're answering a distress call that probably the one from earlier in the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. um they see all the wreckage because thanos has been there and left blew it all up with the uh, power stone and they get a thor smashed up against the windshield um and we we bring them on board and we catch them up and essentially uh i don't know mm -hmm. is there anything you want to talk about there but essentially it leads to stormbreaker and need a new hammer yeah um and so does he up. can you just breathe in space can um, all asgardians do that i don't but I imagine not, with the thing yeah. would stand, he wouldn't die immediately. Because remember, Mantis had to wake him up. Yeah. So maybe eventually he would have died. But being that he's an Asgardian and a, a high power level Asgardian, I assume mm, there's got to like be that. some survivability. Um, yeah. I like so, that high power level Asgardian. Yeah. Like, so we get Because, I mean... The movie's kind of proven that Asgardians essentially are like people. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we get this cool interaction with Thor and the Asgardians, or uh, the Guardians, the Asgardians of the galaxy. Um, 
and the team splits. Uh, we get Thor going with Rocket and Groot, the rabbit in the tree, mm-hmm. to find um, you know the the elves who can make this new hammer. Um, and then, of course, the other guardians are going to go look for Thanos. Um, cut to Scotland, where Wanda and Vision are having their secret hookups. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that it. was so cool is... though because dude paul bettany was really cool in that that whole oh, sequence yeah. man like when he's ah yeah it was really good grant really was dramatic grant. yeah it was really i like um, how you can still see like even in his human form you can still see like the outline of the, the mind yes. stuff it looked really and, cool and in the same way that the opening sequence of civil war made sam wilson my favorite avenger mm-hmm. this scene made wanda my second favorite avenger Dude, could you imagine um, multiverse of madness, Scarlet Witch, going up against those fools? Going up against like, the the Black Order? Yeah, yeah. Just oh, imagine it would be over immediately. Yeah, it would be over in seconds. And I think that was a oh. lot of a lot of comic book fans' problems with Scarlet Witch is like she's nowhere near where she should be, and we don't know mm-hmm. if she's going to get there. But I think this movie was the first indicator that, oh, no, she is getting there. She's developing. Yep. She's becoming one of the stronger Avengers. And the reason that she kind of, you know, kind of stole my heart in this scene is, first of all, you get to see the actual progress of, oh, they're like legitimately boning now. Like, they were <laughs> yeah. kind of, right? There was kind of a flirty tension in Civil War. Yeah. It's like, no, um, they're, they're, they're straight on boning. No they're legitimately yes and and i love how paul bettany or or vision is almost like this nervous intellect and she's just kind of like no yeah yeah like we're we're good um then to immediately go from that to being attacked by the husband and wife of thanos's black order and 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 the attack begins with the vision being stabbed in the back and looking off the ground that was rough that was rough and then immediately they start digging this stone out of his head, which I remember oh. that shot from the previews, and I'm thinking, holy crap, this movie's going to be dark. Um, but then Scarlet Witch takes on both of them. And yep. she, even yep. throughout the fight, grabs Vision and throws him over there out of harm's way and then holds both of them back. And she is just kicking so much ass, but not winning oh, the dude. fight. But I loved it Witch. because yeah. to see her be the the trainee in the last movie in civil war mm-hmm. to being this woman who can hold down two of these characters at the same time dude she won me over in that moment and, and here's the thing like yes she's gonna get her butt kicked because a these are two of Thanos's like strongest generals in the black border mm-hmm. and b like she's still a baby scarlet witch right now like she knows and she has c, powers she is also currently worried about vision so not only is she fighting two things she's also trying to keep her man alive um which it was just a multitasking situation that just Mm -hmm. won me over bro um yep but then oh and it also also leads to one of my favorite scenes which i think you're getting ready to yeah i was gonna say then she is saved by the cast of the winter soldier you get falcon yes um falcon you get cap and you get uh, Black Widow come in, and I, maybe this is the second time you hear the Avengers theme song, but man, they come mm-hmm. in like uh, they were kicking so much ass, dude. And it's like that's it, oh. 
that's one of those movies that we didn't get to see happen that yeah. I want to see. Yeah. After Dude, Civil War, sure. those three characters on the run, what do they get into? Tell me they got into some stuff. <laughs> I want to see that. Dude, when he caught Prox- Proxima Midnight, I think it's Proxima. That is it. That's oh, Proxima yeah. Midnight. That's what Proxima. It that's okay. That's way easier to say it that way. Proxima Midnight's like little spear thing. Mm-hmm. Or was it the other guy? No, it was Proxima Midnight. I'm pretty I sure that through that. The girl, she yeah. threw it and he just straight up caught it and then mm-hmm. fucking flung it right back at her with just as much speed. Oh, dude. My bad. <laughs> but yes, that was that scene <laughs> was the shit. I just really um, enjoy seeing things like that. Just yes. Moments of pure badassery. And he was in the shadows when he did it. And oh, I, I got to be honest, my f- favorite thing about that entire sequence, even though you had my boy in there, um, my favorite thing about that sequence was when um, when Nat tells Wanda, I thought we had a deal, meaning you can go and get your little booty calls, but you need to stay in range and we need to be able to get a hold of you. And the yeah. fact that even though we're not on the same side with Tony and his Avengers, which includes Vision, mm-hmm. we understand how complicated superhero relationships are. Yeah. So if you yeah. and Vision got to meet up and rendezvous and, you know, go to Paris and fondue, um, I get that, but you're not respecting the deal. She's scolding her like a child, and I love that. Um, mm-hmm. she, so, yeah, and that's the thing that I often forget about her. She's She's very much childlike in these mm-hmm. earlier movies, like mm-hmm. even Infinity War. With, and she does have a little bit more experience to back up her powers at this point. But yeah. at the same time, you know, it's like learning a new skill. Yep. She she's new to her powers. To get better at it. She's new to being a hero. She's and new to playing on a team. I think even in terms of this movie by itself you see her actually grow mm. in what she can do from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. why was she up there she... this whole time yeah exactly oh, one of my favorite lines exactly because it's all that was logic that was also a moment of pure badassery right there from yeah. scarlet witch i mean she just slaughtered proxima midnight and a bunch of other people too. Yeah, i was gonna I was... say like half of that army she took out in one move Oh, um, dude, so one of the first hard cuts that we do aside from the guardians one is jumping to the flashback of gamora as a kid and i looked up mm-hmm. the name of her home planet and phonetically it looks like it's called zen Huberry. okay yeah. what <laughs> i don't know how it's pronounced but it says zen hyphenated by the word who and then ends with some approximation of the word berry. Zen Huberi? That's I don't know. I don't huh, know. that's a weird why would they hyphenate that? Or is that the know. yeah, I don't know, that's weird. That's a weird planet name, man. It feels like a lazy name, but maybe there's more to it that I'm not seeing. Yeah, it be. just feels lazy could to be. me. Um, so we're there. We have Thanos, you know, Kid Gamora, and the way she's being introduced. This is something I didn't notice till like a second or third viewing. The way that she's introduced as a kid to Thanos is the same way that her life ends, which is she is being dragged by her arm as she's punching mm, the person who's dragging yeah. her, kicking and screaming, 
Um, but then we get this very weird start of like a strange father daughter relationship, even though he murdered half of her family yeah. right there in front. And it was like, no, 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 don't look over there. Cover your eyes. Look at this thing on my finger. Um, start to a weird relationship. Yeah. Thanos had some issues, man. Like, why are you going around kidnapping little girls, man? It's, it's fucked up, dude. A little bit, think, a little bit creepy. A lot yeah. bit creepy. Well, I think what we learned throughout this movie is that Thanos is merciful. Although his his big picture plans are very genocidal, mm. his immediate <laughs> actions are very merciful. I think. That reminds me of uh, a what if star what Star Wars. <laughs> they are just making fun of him the whole time. Like, nah, you don't understand. It's balanced. It's fair. Nah, I'm pretty sure that is genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um God, that was that was a good that was good. I like that they make that's fun of one of the that, episodes that, episode. that that makes that series great to me. And it's one of those sad episodes that's like, well, yeah. we're never gonna get that again. Um but who knows? Uh it's easier to recast a voice actor, I think. Um so I don't know. I don't want to think about that, but now I'm thinking about that. My bad, so, dude. My uh, bad. That's cool. It was a great episode, though. Um, so then we get we're back on the Benatar, and Gamora is kind of asking Quill for this favor of basically mm-hmm. if Thanos gets me and there's no way out, I need you to kill me. Um, also, Drax is invisible. How come that didn't come back later? How come there wasn't a moment later where something happens and we think that we're almost gonna die, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden the right button was pushed or the right thing happened and we look up and realize Drax was there the whole time. He's like, I told you I'm invisible. Oh, would have been such a good payoff. Oh, that Instead, it was dead. just this super oh. awkward long moment that really had no purpose. See, um, now now I'm a little bit mad. A little bit mad because that would have been a way better payout for that. I would it would have been some payoff. I would have loved it. But because you know. I think, you know, at the time I found it like really funny, but I think that like kind of for me anyways, marks Drax Drax's uh downfall through the yeah. MCU where I just don't like him as a character as much. Yeah. And like he, he just starts getting too goofy. Yes. And it's almost like uh he's not as useful in, in the moments yeah. that kind of rely on him he doesn't seem as useful as some of the other characters. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that. But it's, you know, he's still a fan favorite. He's still enjoyable every time he's there. My um, heart will always belong to Mantis, Mantis though. I love that character. <laughs> he's so freaking hilarious. You are not ugly on the inside. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just visualized being intimate with you. Oh, my God. Um, so then oh. uh, the Guardians head to Nowhere. And uh, on Nowhere, we get Thanos, mm-hmm. we get the Collector, um, Quill, Gamora, Drax, and Mantis. And then we have the whole my dad hates my boyfriend moment. Yeah. Um, we have this a little is... precursor where he yeah. turns Mantis into spaghetti. Yeah. And turns Drax into a bunch of cubes. Fun and, fact, um, that was also in the comic book, too. Nice. I, I, you know what? I but... have seen those panels. Yeah, so I think this right here, this whole sequence, is the best use of the reality stone that Thanos 
You, I mean, in my mind, I feel like that's the most powerful stone, and he barely uses that thing. I was gonna say, when else does he use it other than the show Doctor Strange? What that was it. Man. Like, yeah. that was pretty much it. And it I was, think he changes stuff to like bubbles here and there, which yeah. weird if you're a genocidal like alien, you and know, I guess if, mad titan. If you go with bubbles, fight, like particularly a fight with Doctor Strange, you see which stone he's using every time. So every movie, yeah, he does, yeah, you'll see stone glows. Um, in, but in this moment, um, it kind of feels like Gamora kills him really fast, and she does what needs to be yeah. done, and she she handled it. But then, of course is the reality stone and who knows maybe the collector is already dead because he's got the stone he that the collector probably has to be honest he's um, probably dead <clears throat> but if uh, anyone could weasel their way out of dying i'm sure it was the collector exactly um and and of course the scene ends with uh peter having to follow through on his promise mm-hmm. of of killing gamora pulls the trigger Death. turns the bubbles yeah. thanos says i like him and then he leaves um it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like, right. three stones down for step for that yep. at this point <clears throat> so now and we at are this at- point let like correct me if i'm wrong but at this point in time the remaining three stones are yes. all on earth um let's see because i know no, we've got there, one on Vormir. oh the soul stone yeah you're right yeah yes. yeah that's my bad i was like Wakanda. i knew that was wrong but i could not remember why why it was wrong yeah, i forgot about last one is. um so yeah so at this point two of them are on Earth, but two of them have always been on earth no i'm sorry that's wrong too because now dr strange is on titan so yes. technically, one's on Titan, one's on Earth, one's in on Formica. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So three now. We're jumping to Avengers HQ, my favorite place to be. I want to see a show that takes place with this setting as the background. Yeah. Um, Rhodey seems to be by himself in Avengers HQ, is kind of having words with the Council, who up until now uh, we really yeah. only saw them talking to Nick Fury. Um, yeah. But you know, essentially. Rhodey gives them the finger and says, yeah, I'm done listening. Yeah. Right? You've already torn the Avengers apart. I'm done with yeah. this. Hangs up on them. Um, is reunited. So we've got Rogers, Nat, Sam, Wanda, Vision, Rhodey, and Banner all kind of catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vision realizes that, you know, sacrifice. If, if you know, this stone is what they want, then I can, you know, he, he offers to destroy it, to, to be sacrificed. And they're like, nah, dude, we don't trade lives. Matter of fact, I know someone who could take that, that stone out of your head. Um, yeah. What was the okay. reaction? Okay, and then I want, at the end of our discussion, I want to go over all the ways they could have won mm-hmm. if they had just, you know, not done something stupid. But I don't, I don't agree with most people in terms of this one right here. Um, yeah, it was stupid to risk everybody's lives for vision. Yeah. You know, just to save or try to save vision. I think, I think they could have succeeded mm-hmm. if like a bunch of the other dumb stuff didn't happen first. Yeah. And we'll go over that at the end. And I think most people would tend to agree on 
the very specific number of like people and individuals that could have prevented the whole infinity war thing if they just had a little bit of common sense and yes technically risking like everyone's lives for just vision was not a smart move on captain america's part i agree yeah but he also wouldn't be captain america if he sacrificed so i I mean jumped on a grenade when he was yeah character wise like it wouldn't have made any sense whatsoever for captain america to agree to sacrifice somebody's life at all at any cost like it's just it's not in his character yeah um yeah that was a a a hard one to swallow so now we're in wakanda and it's kind of been established that all the tribes have united plus we've got the white wolf Mm -hmm. who's uh coming out of his peaceful uh i guess uh hiatus and um getting ready to go to war Back and we also ship. got that uh we also got that really funny prank that roadie <laughs> plays on bruce banner can't forget about that where he takes it well not yet because we cut to them then cut back then cut to them again in a little bit i think let me see yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't happen until a little bit later The first one is just kind of like showing, I think when Steve says he knows someone who could remove the stone Uh, and then we get the Wakanda entrance. Um, So then after that, we're, we're back on the big donut ship with Peter, Tony and the Cape all basically try to save Dr. Strange from Ebony Ma. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Peter references the really old movie aliens and um, yeah, they do do some of that. And um just just as a i don't know like a little fun little side project here out of the black order who do you think is the strongest one i have my personal feelings i want to see if we we match up i feel like ebony ma was my favorite but i mean it's probably because he's the only one that seemed to have a personality right was everyone else kind of seemed like this evil villainous just like a henchman i feel like mm-hmm. he could have been a, a villain all on his own and he was pretty dumb. I think you're right. But in terms of like power, I feel like he's definitely I feel like he's definitely the most powerful out of the Black Order. I mean, look at everything he's done. Everyone else is yes. just kind of like either a fighter or just has like incredible strength. Yeah, that big guy. And it's like uh I feel like I think kill getting rid of him first, as far as like the ones who were left in the movie, I think mm-hmm. that last fight would have been much harder had he been alive for it, the last battle in Wakanda. Um, so it sucked I, that he, he was the first one to die, but also you know what? it made it better. Where That brings up a good question. Where is Ebony Mole in the final battle? Because he's just floating in space. That's the, yeah, but that's the, oh, you mean, in, oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. My bad. I don't know. I'm talking about the Infinity War uh, yeah. the battle in Wakanda. Not the upstairs. Yeah, you're, no, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I was like jumping ahead. I was like, wait a minute. And then, yeah, we're talking about two different things. Yeah, Infinity War wouldn't have went down the way it did, I think, if Ebony Maw had survived. That yeah. dude is just way too OP, man. Yeah. He doesn't even seem to have any restrictions on his telekinetic power at all. Like, he can literally take anything. And it seemed like Doctor Strange wasn't really putting up a good fight. Like, he was putting yeah. up an entertaining fight, but it seemed like he wasn't going to win that one. I mean, he didn't. Oh, that it ended with him being restrained. Yeah. And I, I am going to call bullshit on the way the cape pulled him out of that uh, 
when he was on that slab of concrete and then there was like the uh, metal pole that was kind of wrapped around his body yeah. and his neck but somehow the cape pulled his entire body out of it like dude, your <laughs> neck was wrapped there's no way you're coming out of that um that's a good point i'll, I'll yeah i'll will second your bullshit on that i agree unless, that, that was a little bit unrealistic yeah unless the rock broke apart at some point but i i, I remember rewinding that and going i don't think that that is possible um you know in all the yeah. things that are happening in this movie that's the thing that i point at and go yeah that's not realistic um so we go from there we're in thanos's throne room and this is kind of where we get to see gamora as like a, a, a emo teenager a little bit um yeah and rightfully so she she knows that thanos well thanos knows about the soul stone and knows that uh, gamora's hiding this from him She's just kind of mm. like, I hate you, and I hate this chair, and I hated my childhood, and I hated his blah, blah. He's like, yeah, um, but you, you didn't learn how to lie from me, so you're really bad at it. And I can tell that you know where the stone is. Also, boom, Nebula is being tortured, stretched oh, apart, yeah. literally, and he plays the footage of Gamora yeah. telling Nebula that I found the soul stone. That um, was rough. That was rough. I mean, she was like in pieces but still yes. like somehow held together. And I like the way they visually represented that as well. Because yeah. when you first are introduced to she looks like she's whole. Mm-hmm. But once you like switch the perspective, you see she's actually in pieces. So like I think that, that was like uh, really well done right there. You remember that horse on the Jennifer Lopez movie, The Cell, where the horse was standing there oh, and then all those yeah. glass uh, sheets kind of like slid down onto them and then split them open so you could kind of walk through and see all the different dissected sections of a horse it's kind of what this reminded me of yeah um and i, I didn't see like, that movie but i i've heard it was like a really good watch i'll have to watch that at some point i mean i haven't seen it since high school i think but uh I, and i think that the thing that they do with nebula is like they give her this dark heart where it's like full of hatred mm-hmm. but she mm-hmm. always has these small moments where you kind of feel bad for her and um i think that oh, this yeah, was definitely. the one yeah this was the moment where it was like not only do i feel bad for her i'm now kind of rooting for her um mm-hmm. when she she breaks out of that thing and she's kind of like dragging her body behind her and then her arm oh yeah itself and then you're like yo wherever yeah, she's that was going pretty that was pretty tight. yeah Yes, I hope she's successful <laughs> in whatever she's about to do. Um, she was, and I don't know, man. To be honest, I, I kind of started liking her right at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like volume yeah. 2. Yeah. Like, because you, you kind of, you kind of see that she's been tortured her whole life, basically, from this father figure that should not have been doing that, but clearly has no soul. Yeah. But I don't know. This, this oh, really, sorry, really shows more of like what she's actually endured yeah like he really had no feelings towards nebula messed her up Thanos, anyways. yes and, and well it, because i i find trouble with that statement because kind of my observation throughout this movie is that thanos is very much a merciful bad guy because if you look at the number mm-hmm. of people that he actually kills and what they did before he killed them he really doesn't cause any senseless death other than you know snapping away half of the universe right he he, he really doesn't murder anyone that didn't i don't want to say had it coming but didn't do something to provoke it 
because at the end when all the avengers are attacking him and he easily could have crushed them and pulverized them and just he just kind of like knocked them all aside like yeah black panther uh yeah. hulk and the hulk buster uh let's trap him in the wall like uh Rhodey, let's crush him just a little bit but then like yeah let him go. i okay um, yeah i won't say he's soulless but he definitely was heartless when it when it came to nebula in particular i don't know i think he's a pretty good father just wanting her to uh be better you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I that don't, I don't condone that. Time, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't condone it. I just wanted to see what you would say. Uh, I'd have to say I, I don't. I don't condone that kind of behavior at all. Well, that's good. I wonder what she was. Um, so, you like know, before that's... he got his hands on her, like what race is Nebula actually from? Before before Thanos got his hands on her, I don't know because. I, I guess I was kind of under the assumption that that was his actual daughter. But I guess if, if Gamora is his quote-unquote daughter, mm-hmm. then what's to say that he didn't snatch Nebula from some other thing and basically did the same thing he did with Gamora? I, I think guess, he did. Yeah, I don't know. I could be well, wrong, you know, but I think he did. On what if, right? We're uh, uh, in the what if T'Challa was Star-Lord, which mm-hmm. also bullshit, because why would his name be Star-Lord? Peter's mom named him Star-Lord. Um, I, I think Nebula is like his girlfriend in that, in that story. And she has I no metal so. mechanical enhancements. She's got blonde hair and she's just blue. And I mean, I don't know, in this universe, when I see blue, I just go, oh, Cree. Um, yeah, same here. I don't know. Same she's here. like a different, she's a different shade of blue. She's like a blue man. I was shade of blue. Yeah. To be honest, I was I was leaning more towards Cree as well, but I don't know. I don't know if that's that's just a guess because I have yeah, no sure. I have real no real knowledge of Nebula in the comic book universe. Yeah. The only knowledge I have of Nebula is strictly like MCU knowledge. That's it. Yes, I, I concur. Um. So yeah, I, I I think that's kind of where they turn Nebula into this this character to root for. Um, mm-hmm. So we get also the scene on rocket ship, you know, after they split with the Guardians, and Thor kind of like needs to process. Like he hasn't really taken a minute to really yeah. process. I've lost my mother. I've lost my father. Um, lost my brother. Um, rocket asks about his best friend. And then, of course, that that little trivia bit of like, oh, well, his best friend was stabbed through the heart. But if you go back to Ragnarok, all three of his best friends were stabbed through the heart. Yeah, so it's kind of. Yeah, that's. Um, oh, man, that really makes me feel for Thor right there. Oh, yeah. And I was already liking Thor at this point because of Ragnarok. Yes. And then to so. see the drastic change in the type of version of Thor that he has to play in this movie is like, yeah. wow, he went from being the funnest Thor to like being almost the saddest. I guess Endgame would be the saddest version of Thor, but also they're having fun with that sad version. Yeah, yeah, they were. Not, um, like I said, not, not, not my particularly, yeah, not, <laughs> not my favorite version of Thor, but there was, there was still like funny moments there, but that was it. It was like mostly for comedic value in it my opinion. It was funny and it was sad. Um, he had a lot of sad, like emotional breakdown moments. In, in yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I did. So we get, uh, you know, Thor and and Rocket and Groot arrive at this dead star now, and the power's out, and it looks like nobody's home. 
um you know back to Neb the thanos ship nebula escapes back to uh titan now strange tony and peter have landed mm -hmm. and we get one of the first cool these are good guys and these are good guys but they don't know each other so we have this cool fight and yeah uh, how'd you feel about this fight did you have any thoughts right <laughs> off the bat you know <laughs> For two for two teams that don't really know about the others, and each one's thinking the other one is like, you know, working for Thanos essentially. Yeah, you think there would be more injuries? Like they would have wouldn't have held back as much as I had. I mean, I yeah. guess from Star Lord's perspective, because he's trying to find out where Gamora is, so he's like one information. But the other team, like Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, like they thought these guys were working for Thanos too. You think they wouldn't have held back as much as they had? To be as fair, it, Peter was worried about I eggs know. being laid in his brain. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, true. I, you know, I, I noticed the fight I thought, was fun. The yeah. fight was fun. It was a fun I, fight. Do you think Star Lord did surprisingly well in that fight? Because he was handling like there was a good couple of beats in that fight where I was like, "Whoa, Star Lord is like handling the shit" because he throws this thing. That kind of wraps around Iron Man yeah. and like takes yeah. him down. I want to say he took down Spider Man too at one point. Um, I don't know. It was kind of a cool scene, but we get the whole misunderstanding. The where's yeah. Gamora? Who's Gamora? Why is Gamora? Um, and then of course that whole bit that I can't stand that Peter doesn't know what Earth is, and we've talked about that a couple of times, so we can just skip over that. Mm -hmm. But now we have new <laughs> friends. Now our team yeah. is Guardians minus Rocket and Groot replaced with uh, Doctor Strange, mm -hmm. Spider-Man, and uh, Iron Man. Um, and I guess we're going to kind of work on a plan here. Then we get to Vormir, where Gamora and Thanos run into the Red Skull, and we get the horrible um, sacrifice must be made speech. And... Uh, of course, Thanos crying as he has to drag his daughter to the edge of the cliff and throw her off. Yeah. And, um, Although I still, I still don't see a soul in that decision. Like, I'm sorry, but I know I get he loves Gamora, and I get that he can't forsake his sworn duty to collect all these Infinity Stones so he can snap away half the universe. But still, that's kind of a that's kind of a dick father move right there. Yeah. Like, hey, I to really be fair, want stone. I'm gonna throw you off this cliff, though, because I gotta he, get, I gotta do that to get the stone. If he gets the stone without having to sacrifice Gamora, there's still a 50-50 chance that she's gonna be gone after the snap. Mm -hmm. That's true. So, yeah, that's a good I point. I don't know if losing. I mean, obviously, losing her sucked for him. He literally shed tears. Um, but I mean, he's he's the protagonist. He's got to achieve his goal, and mm -hmm. she was there for as long as she was there, and then she wasn't. And I think a lot he, of little kids were mad. I think he mentioned this. I don't know if it was like before this point or after this point, but he's already seen what inaction does because mm. his whole planet, like, basically yeah. ate itself. And uh, I think that's what's like his driving force right now. He's like, he's already witnessed for himself what inaction does. So that's why he's so determined to get these stones, even if it means sacrificing his beloved daughter. Yes, even I if it means there. 
taking one of the stones that he, I guess, already had, giving it to Loki, and then sending yeah. Loki to Earth to get another one of the stones. We, oh, dude, I don't even know what the thought process was behind that, to be honest. That's, that's like, that's baffling to me, and I still don't understand the whole reasoning behind that, because he lost... He lost both the Space Stone and the Mind Stone in yep. that whole in one movie. interaction. Which apparently he already had the Mind Stone. Um, so I and, guess... Yeah. And, and had and, Loki with the... Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know. His motivations there are very murky. Weird. That's like 22 movies that have to be tied together in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a... Of course, I mentioned, you know, that Gamora is kind of introduced to Thanos in the same way that he kills her off, kind of being dragged. Um, I do like that her first move was to stab herself. That was pretty hardcore. Because when when she realized what he was going to do, I think her first move was either stabbing him or stabbing herself. I don't remember which was first. But either way, she tries to stab herself and he turns the bubbles. Yeah, and this is where we really understand that Thanos has a secret love of bubbles. Yeah, just that's them. weird, right? Or he's just, know, it's that's the, the most harmless time. thing on Earth, right? Or <laughs> yeah. in the galaxies, bubbles. I don't know. I think when he was a kid, his mom got him like those little toy bubbles you get yeah. at like stores, and he yeah. just loved the hell out of this. The one happy. And then if he if he broke the stick, he could just get like a pipe cleaner, make a loop out of it, yep. and twist it around, yep. dip it in the thing. I um, can totally see baby Thanos doing that. Yeah, it's probably his <laughs> one happy memory. Um, so that's four stones down now and we're almost there at the end man um we get uh, back in wakanda the winter soldier cast arrives we've got banner Rhodes, mm-hmm. wanda vision uh all there shuri's there we kind of in a couple of lines suggest that shuri is smarter than tony and banner um, yep yep i know some people have problems with that but i think it's kind of funny that it's a 16 year old girl well, she's uh, really smart, so I have I have no smart. problems with that at all. Shuri is incredibly smart, and, and she's also in Wakanda. Wakanda is yes. the most technologically advanced nation. What'd you exactly. expect? A bunch of dummies went there, and she's right there in the thick of all of it, just like mm-hmm. right on the edge of the mines, working with all the vibranium and making all the stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, she's exactly. M from uh from 007. She's you know. I don't know. I, I all the analogies of the person who stays there <laughs> yeah. and makes all your stuff, um, all the cool stuff, all the cool toys. Exactly. Um, and then we've got the the Thanos pods kind of falling from the sky because mm-hmm. it's happening. Which actually, that to be honest, that just looks visually cool as hell to see all these like alien like spaceship things. Just they're not even trying to land; they're just like <sighs> bam, like right. Just- Causing as much damage as they possibly can. Yeah. Just cones like that plummet into the ground. Yeah. And then that shield of Wakanda is so powerful. It could, that thing couldn't even penetrate it, man. It just blew up. However, that, the way they were penetrating, right the way they were penetrating that shield was crazy. They oh, were just know, like, dude. they are killing themselves. Oh, so good. Um, so then we, uh, let's see. And, we jump back to the dying star, um, Thor mm-hmm. and Rocket, and a giant Tyrion Lannister uh, kind of kickstart the, the star. 
right? Like I think he <laughs> swings them around and throws the ship and, and he yeah. kind of like throttles it. They spin it, kickstart it. And uh sorry, I, that I, was that was really funny. Giant Tyrion monster. <laughs> I think at this point in the movie is where I kind of realized, oh, Thor's just kind of happening. Like it feels like all the stories with Tony and, and Strange. And then uh, Wanda and Vision have another chunk of the story where all the other yeah. characters are kind of side players in that story. And then Thor is just kind of happening over here. Like if you took all of Thor's scenes and put them together, it'd be like a 20 minute movie. Um, yeah. But he gets his, uh, they get that star activated. Um, and then of course Groot does his one important thing and sacrifices his That's arm, cool. which grows back right away. Um, yeah. To make the handle for Stormbreaker. Uh, so, what do you what do you feel about Stormbreaker? Because I know people have like had taken like issue with the fact that he's spent most of this movie trying to like build a new weapon, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he, which kind of negates like what happened in Ragnarok, because he's not the you know quote unquote god of hammers; he's the god yes. of thunder. So he like all that power resides inside himself. Yes. I I know people have a problem with it, like for that reason. And I'm not saying they're not invalid or whatever, but I feel like Stormbreaker is just like a kind of focus tool. Exactly. You know, it helps him focus his power. I think like it it makes it easier for him to unleash a crap ton of power. Yes. And also it has like other stuff that you know is beneficial because it can open the bifrost. Like, I why think... would you not want that? Odin, I mean, of course, Odin said that, uh, you know, what are you, the god of hammers? But he also, in that same speech, kind of explained that the hammer was a conduit for your powers, right? Yeah. It's a vessel with which to channel your power. It isn't the source of your power. But also exactly. Thor, after the opening scene of Infinity War, when he, Hulk, um, Heimdall, and Loki, and everybody else that was there from Asgard got mm-hmm. their asses handed to them. He says, I, I could have beat him if I had my hammer or something to that effect. Ah, uh, so yeah. He, he knows that that's kind of the thing that was missing that could have won yeah. the fight for him or so yeah. he thinks. Um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily disagree with him because he's spent, well, I know at one point he says he's 1,500 years old, which is a yes. really long time. And so a lot of that time was spent wielding mm-hmm. so it's like you can draw with a pencil mm-hmm. and draw really well with a pencil but can you draw that well without the pencil i mean you, you know what i'm saying beach it's, with it's, some wet sand it's like a tool yeah it's you. like a tool to focus the talent you already have I that, that's you. i think that's what i'm getting at. yeah so i can see i can see why he needed something bigger and better to take out somebody that had basically eradicated his half his people killed his the brother killed his best friend people. yeah yeah even took out the hulk man like obviously he's gonna want some kind of some kind of weapon to yeah. unleash which at least for safety the feeling of safety yeah and just jumping towards the end of the movie real quick and we'll jump back that thing takes on the full power of six infinity stones and goes right through it yeah. So and it's not even damaged yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So eh, I think maybe yeah, that was a smart move. 
So do you think if he threw Stormbreaker at Hela and she tried to catch it with her hand, it would have had the same effect? I think since she's as Asgardian, she probably would have been able to catch it only mm. because she's as Asgardian. But Asgardian and also the firstborn child of yeah. Odin. Yeah. Um, so I think it would have been a little bit different. Okay. So, but that's that's just pure conjecture. I have yeah. no idea. Well, I mean, I'd say everything that we're saying here is pure conjecture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Except the Very part true. where you said I could draw. That was nice. Um, <laughs> so we get, uh, let's see, Titan, uh, Wakanda. Oh, that's what happens. Um, in Wakanda, we get the fight that's kind of started and escalated. And by the way, that, that scene where they're all charging and then you see mm -hmm. black panther and cap just like take it oh off. dude and i know that's one of my favorite parts i love that so much they're so fast and they don't and really they... stress it but my yeah God, it's hesitate. so noticeable does part of you feel like bucky should have been at least like a couple of steps behind them because i don't remember where bucky was at this point was he I mean, in bucky the mix? was just kind of with the group with that big ass gun um yeah just kind of running with everyone else and, and maybe it was the big gun and the fact that he was going to be a shooter in that in that battle yeah where steve and t'challa were going to be all melee um i don't know this but is after falcon and winter soldier when he was chasing that truck and falcon was flying and like barely keeping yeah. up or in civil war where they were all running through that freeway where it was like the three yeah of, it yeah. just kind of felt like should bucky have been there too like this right is this is my theory, and it's again pure conjecture. Pure conjecture. Mm -hmm. Bucky is still mentally like damaged at this point. Like he's, mm. and I think this is where you really see like how he that guilt and shame he feels for being the Winter Soldier is like really holding him back in terms yeah. of releasing everything that he can do. And I think, uh, I think you really see it right here. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just your take on it. That's my take on it, yeah. As so I noticed think, in this movie, he he does look like he's holding back a lot, even though they're yeah. like nameless, faceless alien monsters that he could basically just whoop up on. Yeah. But maybe in the back of his mind, he's like, well, what if they have families? Like, what if that alien's actually like <laughs> Terrence? He's consciously deciding the uh the like what if Terrence, the, uh... Terrence the uh the nameless, faceless alien here has a family back at home and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. But he looked like he was holding back in my opinion. He, I feel in that movie, he had the look of like seriously being hungover. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably, dude. And I, I wonder. He's just you still know the, got so much going on. He does. Mentally. And, and you know the scene in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier where he has a flashback and Io is kind of like reciting the Winter Soldier yeah. trigger words. Yeah, And then, you know, you have that great Sebastian Stan moment where he just cries because he realizes he's free from it. Did that happen before Infinity? Well, I guess it would have to happen before Infinity War because he got dusted. Right? I don't remember because that. Because after that, yeah. after that, we jump five years and then everyone who got dusted comes back. Yeah. So unless he stayed in Wakanda... No, because it couldn't have been because in the flashback, it said six years earlier. So it had to be. That scene had to take place before Infinity War. Mm. Then, yeah, probably. Where was that again? Because I don't remember that part. 
that yeah, was really on watch like those i want to say like episode four of falcon winter soldier where they have already got zemo and then bucky starts finding uh the little kamoyo beads and he's like hold on because uh, remember bucky tells yeah. him i know when i'm yeah. being followed and then yeah he finds out and then that's the end of the episode and then in the next episode maybe that was episode three but in the beginning of the next episode you see six years earlier and bucky's in wakanda with io mm-hmm. and they're kind of going through that um yeah then that yeah that would have been before in the events of the infinity war okay had to have been so basically they're getting pinned down um mm-hmm. thanos's forces are kind of getting getting one over on or just kind of like taking the advantage in the fight and then we get that second wind moment where the bifrost kind of blast down in the yeah, field. Dude, yes. And you have Thor and Rocket and Groot and they're playing the Avengers theme song again. And it's yes. like, it always comes into the best moments, right? Oh, of course. Of course. That was like, I think that was one of the moments where I was sitting in my in my chair in the theater and I was just like internally screaming my head off because mm. that just looked so freaking cool. Yes. And then to top it off with, I see you've copied my bid. Um, yeah, great scene, great uh, second win moment. Um, and then we very quickly cut back to Titan, where Thanos mm-hmm. um, and Strange kind of have this talk. Strange says one of my favorite lines in this movie: "Oh yeah, you're much more of a Thanos." Um, and then that was they, that was a badass line. It was for such, sure. It was such it was such a normal, regular line that I think a regular yeah. actor could have just breezed by it but it's something about the way benedict cumberbatch delivered every syllable of that Mm -hmm. line perfectly um so you know we have this kind of like matching wits between um thanos and uh strange only to find out it was all one big uh like ambush where tony kind of crushes him with his building and then they all fight uh how'd you feel about that fight okay this uh, yeah now we're getting into the meat and bones of the fights this one is top tier, top tier fighting right here. Yeah. And I know, I know what you all are going to say. Like, well, what about Star-Lord? The dumb move he makes. Yes, it was dumb, but yeah. heat of the moment. I kind of get it. We'll, we'll discuss like my feelings on the major like ways this movie could have ended positively, but we'll, we'll, we'll jump to that at the end of the episode. The no, fighting I mean, was just awesome, man. I like the plan too. The plan was a good one, yeah. and it was actually working. But I think the the it, it was just really hyped up, and I liked uh, a lot of the moments and a lot of the beats to the fight. I think I'm going to kill that and whatever you're going to say at the end of this podcast because Doctor Strange already knew this is the only way it plays out. He knew that Peter was going to lose it and start pistol whipping yeah. Thanos and mess up the plan, and everybody was going to go, "Damn it, Quill!" He already knew that. He said, "You know why? Because there are 14 million other alternatives that could have happened, and we didn't win in any of them." So it's oh, like, I know. I know. It's really the only way that this thing could have ended. So it's like, this yeah, Star Lord, you ruined it. But like, what would have happened? Would they have got the Infinity Gauntlet? Would one of the more like selfish? good guys this is if you this is more like if you apply like logic logic to it if you take away emotion and apply logic like logically these uh these i think it's only three if i had to if i had to say personally 
there's only three people that could have prevented all of what happened, like the snap, all that stuff. If they had thought log- logically instead of like emotionally. And wait a minute. But okay. we, we, will discuss, Steve Rogers? we will discuss that. Okay. You That's want to go, come back to this? Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to this and we'll, and again, this is purely logic, no emotion, no, like Dr. Strange already knows what's going to happen. This is just like, you know, it's kind of like a, how it should have happened. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that YouTube yes. series. Oh, I, I think they actually, I think they actually, oh, and Wong too. Oh no, Dr. Strange, I guess. Well, but that's like, this is like just based off of what happens in the movie. Mm. So that fight, I thought it was different than any fight that we've seen in the MCU Mm -hmm. in the sense that usually when we have the big team up fights, we have our six or seven characters fighting like an army of faceless drones where here we had like six or seven characters all kind of getting a little piece of the fight but then eventually getting their ass kicked by one dude. It's like mm-hmm. one guy that's beating up this whole team, which is awesome because Stephen Strange's attacks are not going to be anything like Iron Man's attacks. Yeah. Not going to be anything like Drax's attacks. And Thanos is just handling everybody. And I like the whole idea of like, well, he's got five stones in his hand now um, because he got that fifth stone from, where do you get that fifth stone? There's Vormir, which was stone number four. Uh, oh, he gets the fifth stone at the end of this fight when when Strange gives it to him, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. It was just kind of cool to watch a different boss battle. And oh yeah, in this in this movie. Um, and so I also I yeah, I also really enjoyed the cord coordinated. That's a really hard word to say. Coordinated, coordinated. attacks. <laughs> Don't try to show me up, man. Coordinated attacks from <laughs> everybody. Like the, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man coming in through the portals and giving giving uh, Thanos a couple more magic. <laughs> couple of kicks. Magic with the kick. Uh, that was good. That was good. I like that. And then, and then you see Iron Man. <laughs> Grabs him, slams him. This is insect. Oh, dude. I know. That was that was badass. And then he's <laughs> you got the uh, crimson bands of Sidorak from Doctor Strange. You have Iron Man's attacks. Then you have Mantis dropping down on top of them and applying her mental mental powers. I mean, it was a really successful. They were going for successful it. strategy, and it it was working. It was good. So the entire time that they're coming up with this plan, you think Doctor Strange is just sitting there smiling, like yeah? Did it. he already we're know at this point? Did he already do his little thing I mean, at this he point? He was sitting there before they were discussing, like they were discussing. That's a right. Plan, yeah, he was, he was. And he was there, like glitching out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's it's kind yeah, of. Like, I don't know. Man. I want to see the scene where they're making the plan, and Doctor Strange is just sitting in the back, smiling and nodding his head, like, "Okay, like, that's not gonna work. You guys will get it. We'll do yep. it. All right." Um, so. End of this fight, Doctor Strange goes back on his word, which was, if it comes down to you and the kid or the stone, I'm choosing the stone every time. And yeah. it's kind of what he saw, which was giving up the stone is the only way to win this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives up the stone. Oh, we, we can't forget the fact that Tony Stark has like a pseudo death scene in this in this fight. Oh, dude, I know. Now. That one. Oh, oh. and I, I will talk about that 
Um, I don't know if we want to talk about that right now, but let's do it. Tony Stark fighting Thanos was the highlight of this movie for me. Like, to be honest, like there was so many cool things happening. You get the witch throwing stuff around. You get, you know, um, just a lot of really cool stuff going on in this movie. But Iron Man, straight human. Yeah. Taking on Thanos, one of the most powerful dudes in the whole of, you know, the MCU. And With he, one of the most and, powerful weapons. Yeah, exactly. And he bleeds this dude, man. Yeah. He cuts him. He gave him a little uh, Leonidas own, scratch on his face. Exactly. Exactly. With his own tech, like something that he made from his brain all on his own. But that then was for Thanos. Sick, man. To, that was just to, sick, com- to combat that back with all of that for a little drop of blood or like for a little scratch or however he yeah you know, however he yeah. took the piss out of that that onslaught of attack he was like bro you did all that and this is it right here i'm gonna have to put a band-aid on after the fight all right <laughs> and then like it was so cool off, though but he breaks off that nano blade that tony created and yeah. stabs him with it and that was one of those moments where you could hear a pin drop in the theater. Like I oh, saw yeah. this thing in a packed theater. Yeah. And it was like, what's going to happen? Is that really how Tony's going to die? Like, oh, I know. Oh, I oh know. He took was- it like a champ, though, man. He did. Like, mad, mad props to Iron Man in this scene because dude put up a hell of a fight against Thanos, man. And how many times has he proven Steve wrong? Because Steve tells him in the first Avengers, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Play. yeah but actually, every single time Tony has made the sacrifice play, he just happens to survive. Yep. But every single yeah, movie. That is true. That is true. Yeah, because um, yeah, he does it with Avengers when he takes the nuke into space. He does it with Age of Ultron when he mm-hmm. tells him, like, hey, Thor, He's I don't know if we're going to be able to survive this. Yeah. And he's Man. under it. Thor's up top. Yeah, he's yeah, dude. Bottom. He makes the sacrifice play all the time. Every time. Every time. Um, but then, well, yeah. No, we're jumping ahead. If I go there, what, uh, what, uh, what did you think about the fact that Thanos knew who Stark was? I think that was very significant. I liked that he knew who he was. I guess I'm still kind of confused about how he knew. Did Loki tell him? I think he, I, that is just how how much of a threat Tony is, I think, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. Thanos heard about him, and then I think not necessarily kept tabs on him, but was, like, listening for him. Like, Put listening for his name. Yeah. So how yeah, do you exactly. think he heard about it? About I think him? it was either Loki or he, it just got, he just got word about this particular planet, and there's a dude on here that's just incredibly smart. Oh, that guy who that, uh, Ronan twisted his head around. Remember? Uh, yeah, it could have been that guy. I forgot it was Six it? Fingers. Who was <laughs> played forget. by uh, Wesley from Angel. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that guy told he him. He could have told him. I mean, to be honest, at this point, Tony has like, kind of made a name for himself without him yeah. even realizing he made a name for himself. He did privatize world peace. Um, oh, yes, he did. So I think, And I yeah. like the... Because no, he said... I think Thanos tells him, like, you're not the only one that's cursed with knowledge. Great line. Yeah. Yeah. 
great. Yeah, I like that. Because it's percent. like the idea, because ever since the Avengers, Tony has not been right. If you watch mm-hmm. Iron Man 3, if you watch Age of Ultron, <laughs> Tony is like on edge at all times. Yeah. And to see this bad guy who's, who is the protagonist of this movie, but he's the bad guy we've been setting up for 19 movies. And then he shows up and he has a, a motivation that seems to be riddled with just as much like guilt and um, just the heaviness of the burden. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to see them have a face-to-face and just a, a conversation in the middle of this fight. Are you, are you calling Thanos the protagonist or are you saying yes. that he thinks, he thinks he's the protagonist? I'm calling Thanos the protagonist because the point of this movie is collect all the stones and he's the one collecting all the stones. And the Avengers are really just kind of acting as obstacles in the way. And the only reason okay. that the Avengers okay. may be the protagonist is because we've followed them for 19 movies and we want I them see. to win. I see. But if you look at the movie from start to finish, Start with Thanos getting mm-hmm. that first stone. Yeah, you know. <laughs> in with Thanos completing his mission, sitting there like, yeah, I did that shit. Yeah, you'd be right. You'd be right because we do follow. We follow Thanos more and like everyone else is just kind of reacting to Thanos. Exactly. So 100%. yeah, I would, I would say. Everyone else I would say you're right. Because I was so, thinking like, you know how like some villains, like they feel like they're, they're the mm-hmm. protagonist of the story. Like an Ultron? But aren't, yeah, kind of, yeah, like Ultron would be a good example. Um, you know, uh, another example, another great example would be Negan from The Walking Dead. Oh. But yeah, it's all about perspective. And I think in this in this instance, you're right. Uh, 100%. Those Thanos, Thanos is the protagonist. Yeah, it was I mean, definitely his movie. If you want to break it down to he's the biggest face on the poster. Yeah. I mean, right. if you want to go with simple. Yeah. Was that he's the biggest? That's cool player. though. I kind of like that, like delving into that a little bit more. I, I like that they switched it up a little bit, yeah, because it is an Avengers movie, and yes, technically they are the protagonist, but if you break it down, it, it is more Thanos's movie, and oh, he is definitely the protagonist, and everyone else is just kind of reacting to him and what he's doing. And I kind of think that's why he had to be somewhat sympathetic, like you had to, yeah, like somewhat understand his mission mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know i think they did a great job man oh um, speaking of that just a, just a little side note to myself like i just i really like the little bits where they the the greater population kind of sympathizes with them because you see like Thanos was right written on things yeah i like i, I like when they do that because i like when it, it's something small i like when they put mm-hmm. small details into the movie but they have like huge, huge meaning. Yes. And so it's I mean, like, it's like the, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, it's just, I like, because it shows you that not everyone on planet Earth agreed with the Avengers bringing yes. everybody back. And it, not only that, because like at the end of the Battle of New York on the first Avengers, mm-hmm. you get this like whole, like, I don't want to call it a montage, but it's like different clips of the world celebrating yeah, the Avengers. Yeah. But intermixed, you've got clips of people like who's policing them or who's like, yeah, who's exactly. to stop them from doing whatever. So you already see that there's this split in an opinion about them. Mm-hmm. And clearly, as more shows and more things come out, they're kind of revered in a heroic manner. 
but then like you said like hawkeye's taking a piss and then he sees somebody has written thanos is right and yeah. then he almost like doesn't disagree he just kind of mm-hmm. like hmm. i think he has a mug that says it later on in the he does he does have a mug that says it later on man i love that show um <laughs> that was like good. the uh in uh in multiverse of madness when dr strange was at christine's wedding and that mm-hmm. other the douchey doctor from the first one is kind of like hey man are you sure that was the only way to yeah. save everything yeah and kind of casting that doubt and i remember you saying if the rest of the movie had followed that scene then it mm-hmm. would have been a much better movie and i 100 agree i um, think it would have been way cooler but that's just me but I, I'm gonna be honest. I went to see that movie because of Wanda. I, oh yeah, sure. Doctor Strange, as cool as he's she been, delivered. has never been in my favorites. Yeah, Wanda's the reason I went to see that movie. She um, and she 100% delivers in that movie. She was that movie. Yeah, she. Um, she <laughs> should have just said it. Should have just called it Scarlet Witch. <laughs> featuring Doctor Strange. <laughs> Hold on, let me try that again. I like coughed right in the middle of that. Okay, it should have just been. Be surprised. It should have just been Scarlet Witch, Multiverse of Madness. And then, like, way at the bottom of the poster, dot, 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 also with Doctor Strange. <laughs> yes, I agree. Let's rename it. Let's When we get to that episode, whenever season we're doing that, that's what we're going to call the episode. Scarlet right. Witch, Multiverse of Madness, dot, 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 with Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, so, Thanos... Kind of wins that fight. Yeah. Um, Strange. On, on a technicality. Yeah. Strange, I just want to put that uh, on technicality. Plucks the time stone out of the sky. That, I mean, it's magic, so whatever. That's cool. Yeah. But like, visually cool. Visually cool. It's, it's like optical illusion magic, if you ask me. Like he it's made like it look like a, a star. What's it called? On uh, Kids in the Hall. You remember that guy who would be like, I'm crushing her head? And he would yeah. like hold his fingers up and just be. Yeah. It's like if that yeah, guy could actually know. crush people's heads and crushing <laughs> your head. Uh, oh crap! He grabbed it just like that. Um. So now that's, that's a good analogy. Good analogy. That's a, I remember exactly what you're talking. About. <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> I didn't want to have to explain to the kids in the hole. Um. So we're five stones down now. Um, yep. And One left. back in Wakanda, and Thanos arrives, of course, with the space stone, and um, he 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 kind of has this merciful victory, like like I was saying earlier. He doesn't really yeah. kill anyone. Like nobody dies at the hands of Thanos, except I think for the artificial intelligence. Yeah, I think I've mentioned that before. To I think me and Logan were talking about that at one point. I was like, yeah. if you think about it. Thanos doesn't kill anybody except for Gamora. Yeah, and, and that was out I, of necessity for Stone. Yeah, and then Vision, which was out of necessity yeah. for Stone. Also, for a ne- yeah, necessity of the Stone itself is gold. And that's it. Nobody else. Even you would think he would have killed Scarlet Witch because she was proving to be the one person. And this yeah. is another one of them. There's three moments in this movie that made her my second favorite Avenger. It mm-hmm. was the one where she fought the husband and wife from the Black Order by yeah. herself while she was also taking care of Vision. Then there was the why was she up there this whole time scene with Black Widow yeah. and the play. <laughs> I love and that. And then there was this scene where she was, ah, oh, she was destroying the stone in Vision's head 
as oh, she was sitting so there terrible. telling her it's okay i only feel you uh-huh. and oh. um as she's doing ah. it with her left hand is holding back thanos who has five infinity stones on his hand right yeah now. and she's that's insane power it's right nothing there. bro so it's like okay, you guys if she you guys yeah. listening this is before she got a hold of the dark hole this ain't yeah. even her full strength man yeah None of none of the things she does up until she gets all of that dark hold is not her full strength. Yes, this is that is at insane, the point. Man. The and and the thing that was awesome was like because when they introduced the Scarlet Witch, she is essentially a telekinetic who can yeah mess mm-hmm. with your mind a little bit. And it's, I mean, I don't even know if we could say we see her full capability that she's comic book accurate by multiverse of madness but you definitely oh, see her leveling up in steps oh yeah and i think yeah. wandavision the series was the first one that was really like oh she can change everything yeah she can change reality for like thousands of people at a time oh, um, dude, turning, crazy. you remember you remember yeah. like during episode one or two when i called what what the twist of that show is going to be i was like bro she's totally like grew up in a third world country and her only idea oh, of happiness yeah. is sitting down yeah. and watching old sitcoms with her family. And then in episode six, I do remember that. the last of it's like, dude. Um <laughs> I did. I, I think we were talking about that episode later. I was like, dude, you totally 100 percent called that. Like that was dead accurate. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's that kind of is the last real moment that we have any control over is is Wanda holding back Thanos, successfully mm-hmm. destroying the Mind Stone, and then, wait, is it the Mind Stone in his head? Yeah, it's the Mind Stone in uh, Vision's head. So successfully destroying that, but then, of course, he just got the Time Stone, so it's like, ah, yeah. reset, and then he <laughs> rewind. it out. Yeah. Um, and then... So she, it, and I, I think this moment right here, this moment right here is like, it, it, it broke her. It broke it her is. more than I think she, she was aware of at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had to not only kill him herself. Yeah. But time got rewinded. She couldn't stop Thanos and she had to sit there and watch him die all over again. That is that is rough, man. That is a rough Mm. thing to have to live through. And he lost all his pigment when he died. When he fell on the ground and he was like black and white. That was scary, dude. That they're gonna go from this to like white vision. Because the yeah. first time I ever saw Vision, he was an all-white android. Uh, yeah, I, I never saw I him with the yellow it. and green. You remember the Halloween episode of WandaVision? Uh, yes. The what Vision comes down at that's that's the first uh, version of Vision that I've seen in yeah. comic books. Was he that did. version? I didn't Actually, even know there the, was a white version. In in like the first time I saw. Him, wasn't even in a comic book there was a captain america arcade game and you could either choose captain america iron man hawkeye or vision and vision Uh on that game was just this all white figure it was like i didn't even know who that was but yeah i didn't know there was a white person yeah that was my first encounter with vision Mm -hmm. was that version so i just as we know yeah as we know that is that's exactly what they did with him i want that oh dude Dude, that fight between Vision and Vision was uh, so cool. I, it was favorites. like, I don't know. Just the fact that all they did was fight with words and use philosophy and logic well, against each other was insane. I mean, 
they were physically kicking each other's asses for a minute. But then yeah. once they kind of okay, had yeah. the standoff, it's yeah. like, okay, of course, they're going to have a intellectual yeah. combat while they're swirling cool. around in circles like Dragon Ball Z or so. It was just like, of course, he's going to logic the shit out of this other dude's brain <laughs> and blow his mind. I'm not Vision. I'm just something that was created from her mind. Your Vision, if anything. Yeah. Like, you're the real Vision. It's like, oh, that was, that was, that was clever. I, I really enjoyed it. The fact that these two visions were able to come to like a standstill in the fighting just based off like a logic argument. Another favorite line. I request elaboration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. I like, uh, I also like the, what he did to him. I think he gave him back like all his memories, white yeah. vision. Now, I'm sure we're going to see more of him. I wish, I kind of wish we would have seen him a little bit in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. That was my number one problem with that movie. Like, is, why wasn't he there? Yeah. And where is he? Made no sense. Where is he? Is he not on a, a mission to find some, like, where is he? That's yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, um, I know. I, I want to know where he is, too. And I, I think and I've I think, given up. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was, like, kind of, like, why isn't, why isn't Wanda care about that vision? Like, yeah. I, think it, I think she's separated that vision from her vision. Like, that to her, that's not even vision. Because she doesn't even know what happened to that one, does she? Because she was fighting so. Agatha when that vision just decided, yeah. all right, I'm out. And then, and then it wasn't when even she, like, did he explain what he did? Yeah, when she releases the hex that she had and lets Vision go, I think that's when she like really came to terms with his death. Yeah. So I think, in my mind, she separated those two visions. They're not even yeah. the same person to her. But when, one day they'll meet again. Oh, I'm so oh, excited. Yeah. Um, I, I bet you anything, White Vision's going to end up with like that robot family he built for himself. Oh, you think so? I mean, I think, they're, I think they're he pretty might. liberal think in, their, in their borrowing from comic books. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they I really, they really like to do that. You see, just show up with like a bunch of Android kids. Yeah. It's like, what is this? Like, what is it? I think one of them actually survives. I think it's the daughter that he built because he builds himself. He builds himself a wife and two kids, yeah. and only the only the daughter survives. Mm. And he is like classically colored vision at the time, so yes. he's not white vision. I don't I know. See, I saw that run when it came out. I never read it though. Um, I didn't I did read it either, but I I know a little bit about it. Um. So I guess just with this movie, at, at the end of this, we've got Thanos kind of getting everything that he wanted he fulfilled his mm -hmm. task he's about to snap and then stormbreaker as you said cuts through all that energy yeah like kind of like impales i think it gets him like yeah hips. in the chest yes and i like that that does damage because the next time you and i i realize the snap also did damage mm -hmm. but the next time we see this thanos he is not he is no longer ready oh, for no. combat. He's no longer yeah. under any any kind of challenge. And then they had yeah, he's uh they went after him. he's weakened. Yeah, he's weakened uh, quite a bit after what happens to him from Thor and the snap that he that he does. And that snap kind of it was everything. It just it shut the audience down. You just kind of had to watch all of your characters mm -hmm. disappear one by one. Oh, I know. And, and whatever sound design they had going on at the time was very just 
appropriate Ooh. for the time. Yeah, yeah, it had like an eerie quality to it. It was like kind of like I can't remember it exactly, but it sounds to me like wind blowing through trees, but with music. Dude, I was gonna say Something it sounds like, like M. Night Shyamalan, and it reminds me of that one movie he did where it was just like trees and wind, and there was nothing yeah. scary about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it had that scary vibe. Dude, that's crazy. That was called, for all you listening, that was called The Happening. Not one of my favorite movies, though. No. And then, of course, but, yeah, the obvious was... dad joke of nothing happened in The Happening. Um, <laughs> it was just a weird, like, eerie sound that somebody yeah. created for that part. And it was just really super appropriate. I want to see the footage of, like, whoever the, the Foley artist or sound effect artist yeah. is who does is he just like got a, some bristles and he's just rubbing it on a thing every time that the dust appears? <laughs> Dude, Foley artists are awesome, man. Like that's, that's really cool to see that. I think when I realized that the footsteps you hear on movies is done after the fact with some dude yeah. who's got like a board and shoes on his hands, it's like, oh, that's so weird. Um, yeah, that dusting, man. And and like I said, the hardest part for me was watching Wanda disappear and then immediately mm-hmm. watching Falcon disappear. I was like, this sucks. Oh, I don't yeah. like this at all. Yeah, well, this, this is lame. Yeah. I I find it funny that Rocket is the only one from like not not like not actually I think it's Rocket and Nebula both. Yes. From the Guardians like, movies. Because yeah, most of uh, most of the Avengers, I think, if not all of the original Avengers survived yeah. the snap it was the original then ones you have... plus roadie oh rocket. yeah roadie yeah roadie yeah, right. made it through yeah yeah I, I was like i wonder what the decision was like you like why didn't they snap away one of the og avengers like well i think that was one of those things that was clearly intentionally because the next movie is going to be the closing chapter for a lot of those avengers and so they wanted like they kind of wanted to end with the beginning kind of deal I think so. And I think I'm it, down with that. I, like I love that. that okay, Rhodey gets to be part of that group finally. Yeah. After yeah. 23 movies, we're finally going to let Rhodey be one of the Avengers. Uh, yeah. Um, so, speaking of which, jumping to Endgame, sorry, but his, like, when he comes out of the rubble with Hulk and Rocket, oh, dude, that was sick, man. Canopy, That's canopy, super, canopy. so cool. <sighs> It was like a sorry, jumping ahead a little bit, but that was just like, yeah, like that was an just anime like really Gundam cool. Wing version of the uh, yeah, of the, plus the, 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 the arc reactor was just like blood red. Oh, that was so cool! That was so cool. There's so many, I think, and the thing with Endgame and Infinity War, and I'd say maybe even Civil War, is those are the three movies that have so many cool parts that I don't even know if I have a favorite part. Because it's really yeah. hard to decide because there's so many cool things that happen in those three movies. Oh, dude, for sure. Don't even don't even hurt your brain trying to find a favorite part. Just let them all be your favorite yeah. part. That's Just fine. Enjoy it. That's what I say. So at the end of all that crap, we've got still left standing. Oh, Okoye, Banner, mm-hmm. Thor, Rocket, Rhodey, Steve Nat, Tony, Nebula, and Thanos wins. And he gets yep. a very the vibe. And he's just kind of like chilling on his porch, looking at his fields of wheat. And like, oh wow! Like it That's, feels like a oh, terrible. Yeah. So oh. again, it kind of reiterates your point that Thanos is actually the protagonist of this movie. 
Yes. Because it starts with his goals and ends with him actually achieving his goal and like resting on his peaceful planet, which I found out was like, God, now I don't know if I'm, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. Was shot in the Philippines? Really? I want to say, yeah, I want to say that ending section was shot in the Philippines. Wow. I thought it was 100% CG. (laughs) No. I, Philippines I'm pretty house. sure. I'm pretty sure. Hey, I, 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 now I have to like look that up. Do, do you want to guess uh, of all of the Avengers universe, which of them are Filipino? Which of the characters? I can try. I probably won't be very good at it. I know Dave Batista is one. Yeah, Batista is one. Oh, you know, I who's the other one? Peter's I know you told Ned. Yeah, Peter's friend Ned is Filipino. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't know that. Did you know that Haley Steinfeld is also part Filipino? No way, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Also even weirder, maybe not weirder, maybe messed up that I said weirder. She's also part Black. I think her... Seriously? Her grandfather is half Black and Filipino, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Oh, Filipinos will tell you who all the Filipinos. <laughs> um, Dude, that's just that's just cool though because well, Kate Bishop, like I love that character, so she did a great great job of that role. I think Edge of Seventeen. I was like, I like this person. Who is this? And then I think she was in like Pitch Perfect Two, and yeah, oh yeah, Pitch Perfect Two. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I watched Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect Two. Is it there's a third one? Full. I did not watch that. No, I, I did not watch that either. one. <laughs> Is there I a thought third I one? did, but I was like, wait, no, I saw the trailer for that, and I definitely did not watch that. Uh, the yeah. first one was actually pretty good. I, I, I did enjoy it. The second one, yeah. I don't quite remember if I liked that or not. That's the one. I don't remember hating it. So. She had like an opportunity to, like, I think, record with Snoop or something, but she didn't have no songs because all she did was like mashups of songs that already exist. But Haley Steinfeld oh, was like yeah. a young kid who was actually a good songwriter or something like that. Ew, nerd. Um, so, <laughs> hey, here at the Wonder Friends podcast, we enjoy all kinds of fiction and movies, so don't judge us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I guess wrapping this up, post credit scene, we get a very quick uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill being dusted in the middle of the city. Yep. Did you ever see somebody splice the shot of Nick Fury and the helicopter crashing in the background with the scene of Frozone in Incredibles talking yeah, about I think I my super that. suit and the helicopter crashes in the same exact way that it does on How's Infinity it? <laughs> That's uh, funny. And, and it's, of course, this scene has another one of the great Marvel F-bomb cutoffs. When Nick Fury mm-hmm. does his little page, yeah. he's like, mother. <laughs> just dust away. Um, and then, of course, we see the dirty little pager with the Captain Marvel logo blop, mm-hmm. pop up. And yep. a lot of the audience is like, what's that mean? But <laughs> we know. Um, so, yeah. uh, so, again, I'll, I'll go since it's the end of the episode, and I promise the logic logically like how they could have won is obviously captain america could have you know dispatched vision and taken the mind stone and tried to destroy it or whatever so that's one 
Mm. Um, obviously the biggest one, and this is the one I will tell you is probably the closest to being the, the biggest like captain dumbass award is star Lord punching him in the face. Like they almost had that thing off of his arm. So many things would have been different. Mm. And then Thor not going for the head or chopping off the arm completely. And this, you know, I've, I'm pretty sure I've said this, but I don't know if it's in a conversation we've had on the phone or if it's into this microphone on a podcast. But in Endgame, every single time Thor attacks Thanos, he is swinging for the head. Like literally oh, yeah, he is. every time, yeah, he is. pause it. He literally is <laughs> swinging for the head every single time. Uh, I've seen that, yeah. Nice. I've seen that. So out of those three, the only one that I would like 100% agree with is the Star-Lord one because that was just a boneheaded move, man. Like, I don't care how mad you are. They are on the verge of success right here. I don't know, dude. They're on the verge of success, bro. I'm going to trust the doctor who said that this was one in 14 million. (laughs) But take that away, bro. Like, let's say they get that gauntlet off of him and then who ever has the gauntlet in his hand he just punches them through the stomach okay now that person mm-hmm. is dead whoever picks up the the gauntlet next he just snaps their neck off right whatever happens he's still thanos just because you got the glove off of him doesn't make him weak he beat the hulk's ass in a fist fight you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah they would have gotten the glove off and somebody else could have used it or whatever but the doctor said that was the only way we we're gonna mm-hmm. win I'm going to trust the doctor. All right. You trust the doctor. I think I'm just saying in terms of like, which one, which one of the three made the biggest blunder star Lord has got my vote. Captain America. I feel like that is totally in line with his character. He does not want to sacrifice. We don't trade lives. Yes. So that makes sense to me. And then Thor, obviously. No, no, he's not. Is that Thor was just, thrown in like who knows if he was aiming for anything in particular yeah that's true i don't know but, I still uh, think thor could have ended it all i think a he could have ended it off and chopped the arm to the forehead and it would have been over yeah i will say he has a, he's, a, he's probably second because i think he didn't want to kill him outright because he wanted to watch him suffer a little bit not kill him first because at least quill had, we're gonna have to agree to disagree bro but you're gonna have to hear me out on this Will had the slight motivation of maybe Gamora's alive. If she is, he definitely knows where she is. I'm going to beat it out of him. I can kind of understand that. Beat it out of him. He stands up. Yeah, let's beat it out of him. You got Spider-Man on this arm, you got Drax on that arm. I'm gonna beat (laughs) it out of him. Thor spent the entire movie trying to get this hammer or this axe. Finally mm-hmm. got the axe, showed up and kicked all kind of faceless, nameless ass. And then when he gets the one target that's been in his crosshairs from the beginning, from the opening scene of this movie, he misses. He didn't tell me if Hawkeye threw right that chest. thing. He got him in the chest. Okay, bro. then if he didn't miss, he threw it at the wrong spot. I mean, I'm sorry, it doesn't. You're you're trying to take down a Hulk sized thing and you're gonna go for the big gigantic chest instead of the well, little you, bit of skull that's protecting that brain. Well, okay. Well, if you put it that way, that's the biggest target. 
Easiest to hit. Yeah, makes sense, true. right? Makes yeah. sense, right? Whatever, man. I don't care. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the way. It, I mean, I hated the way, it was going, but I liked it because I knew Endgame was coming. Um, yeah, I know. And like, I, dude, I swear, like, I've watched so many like videos and like TikToks or whatever of like how many people think uh, these like three specific instances were like so dumb, like. I think Captain America gets less flack than most of the other yeah. ones. So, but Thor, Thor and Star Lord are the two that I think I've heard like the most shit about. Like they were like, "Oh, these guys are idiots, man! They could have ended the whole thing. All they had to do was keep their heads." Star Lord, and boom, but done. Listen, over. Listen, I do, all... I do agree. What? I do agree with you. Hold on, I do agree with you that even if Star Lord had to punch him in the face they most likely still would have lost because like you said, he is still famous. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give you that. I will agree with you. I, I feel like star Lord gets too much hate because they weren't going to win. And I think what this movie really did was every time you see star Lord and Gamora, he is the dude pining after the girl who maybe she likes him, maybe she doesn't, mm -hmm. but he is the dude pining after the girl. In Infinity War, they kiss. She has reciprocated her feelings for him. He's finally gotten the girl. And then yeah. he is forced with this with decision of like, you have to kill me. This is, I need this favor from you. If my father yeah. gets me, you have to kill me. So he's already gone through that, right? Where he's staring her in the face pointing a gun at her and thanos is smirking talking about do it you heard what she said do it it's like oh dude you're really gonna and then he does it he freaking does it so in his mind he was already killing her even though nothing mm -hmm. happened but it's like yeah. the guy has been through a lot and then to find out just kind of like secondhand oh no he went with gamora to this planet but only he came back then it's like I can kind of understand Star-Lord's state of mind at this point, or I can forgive yeah. his actions due to his state of mind. Um, oh, I can forgive his actions. I'm just saying, out of the three, I think, I think Star-Lord probably takes the cake. Star-Lord, Thor, then Captain America. That's cool. I'm, I'm good but, with that. But, I mean, you are correct. Because who, well, who's going to don it? Who was going to don the glove if they got it off? They would have died instantly. Because I yeah. couldn't handle that much power. Maybe, Maybe Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Well, I'm nah. talking about just on Titan. Just on Titan. Oh, where they almost, oh they yeah, almost you're right. Off. You're right. Nah, I think at they would have gotten shit. I think they would have gotten that glove off of him and then would have gotten beaten to death. Oh yeah. By Thanos. Well, here's the thing. In my in my opinion, here's what you should have done. Let Somebody like I don't know, tackle Star Lord to the ground, get the glove off, and then boom, Doctor Strange portals that bitch away from away from Thanos. They he probably would have killed them all in retaliation, sure, but yeah. he wouldn't have had the gauntlet anymore. Hell, he could toss yeah, that thing to a black hole. Yeah, I mean, I guess if anybody could get rid of it, it'd be Doctor Strange. But I was gonna say this guy went across the galaxy finding each of the stones individually. Now you're telling me they're all together on one glove. He's not going to find that glove. He's going to find that uh, glove, man. I don't know. If you put it somewhere like a black hole. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you put it 
dude. I want that on a t-shirt. I want to put Oscar that on Robbins a t-shirt. always finds out. Yes, dude. Yes, that'd be awesome. I would wear that. But no, like, say he portals that bitch right into a black hole. How's he going to get that out? Yeah. I mean, if anyone could, I'm sure it would be Thanos, but it would definitely take a really long time. But maybe got to worry about who's going to find. Like, if it's not Thanos, some like, like on what if? What if the uh, what if the collector is the one who finds that Infinity Gauntlet? Mm-hmm. Then what? True. Yeah. What if it's some right, well, rogue ass guardian or Kree warrior who finds? Yeah. It? Like in a black uh, hole. Then? In a black hole. Hey, we're talking about space and aliens and Asgardians and super soldiers <laughs> and trees and raccoons here. Ah, your black hole is Good not point. as big of, of an obstacle as you're making it seem. <laughs> um, so, all right, I, I, mean, I know with you on that. that I understand that we uh, had to kind of cut this episode in half uh, due to unforeseen reasons. So it kind of feels like we're shutting it off early, even though listening was <laughs> yeah. probably the longest yeah. episode. Um, I don't know, man. I. I guess I can tell you that I rewatched Ant Man and the Wasp, and then I rewatched Captain Marvel, and I'm gonna tell you something that uh, might upset you a little bit. I kind of uh, liked Captain Marvel. It was kind of fun. To there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I actually did like it better, or like liked it better the second time around. Still yeah. not one of my favorites, but yeah. I did. In, I enjoyed it a lot. But it is one of the few Marvel movies that legitimately works as a comedy. Captain Marvel? You don't think so? I mean, I can see your viewpoint. It's just Brie Larson's delivery of Captain Marvel lines is just so bland. So I think... Purposefully, I think, but... And this is what I noticed. Everything that happens in the beginning chunk of that movie where she's in space and she thinks she's this Kree warrior named Mm -hmm. Verse, all of that crap is boring to me. I was like, oh, yeah. God, I'm really going to yeah. sit through this whole movie again. The minute that she lands in Blockbuster, the movie does a 180 for me. And then from that okay. point on, okay. I love this movie. It feels like a movie from the 90s. It's got all the funny action comedy where she fights that old lady mm. on the train and she punches her in the face and everybody's like, oh. And then the lady starts doing all this crazy flips and shit. And like, <laughs> yeah. It was just a fun movie. You get to Fury and Coulson being like the new newbie cops, it feels like. The right. inadequate cops who yeah. are always showing up at the last minute or like a, a second too late. I don't know. It, it kind of had that. all the pieces that worked for me in action comedies. It just takes getting past all of the verse, men telling you that your emotions mm-hmm. are your weakness. Once we get yeah. past all that expositional crap and get into the 1990s period, piece it becomes a completely different movie for me and i'm like kind of into interesting it. but uh yeah just to set up the next episode that we're going to be jumping into because uh, right. i feel like more should right. be said here um so uh is that wait hold on that's next so in game no we have uh ant-man and the wasp slash captain marvel oh Endgame yeah one. dude i totally forgot about that i thought we were going Infinity War straight into Endgame. Oh, no, no, that's right. They wedged yeah, those totally two movies right in there. I did forget about that, but yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm good. To, I'm glad to talk about that because 
like I said, I like watching movies that, you know, didn't really hit well with me. And then, you know, watching them again and they kind of hit a bit different. So yes. I'm I'm psyched. I'm psyched to talk about that. Ew, let's get into it. Well, um, that's all I got for you, Rustin. I don't know if you've got anything. All right, man. Nah. Just like usual, both of us have like some projects out there. Um, I have my books you can find on Amazon. Just search my name. Trust me, you'll find it. And uh, Fred, you want to promote some of your stuff? I have something. Uh, I have a digital comic book on Amazon as well called Supers versus Heroes. Uh, I think it's a little bit harder to find, but that's okay because once multiple episodes are on there, I think uh, it might be easier. Um, but yeah, Supers versus Heroes on Instagram. I mean, on uh, Amazon. And yeah, check them awesome. out. Check them out. All right, man. We'll see you all next time. All right. Take care. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.